Hello and welcome to Dedicated Packers, the podcast where we do cover through my Packers. And we don't find anything else. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to Dedicated Packers. Today is a very special day because it is the start of the season where stuff actually happens. And if you listened to my little off-season preview episode, which I have received an endless amount of negative feedback on, but uh, thank you guys all for still showing up and listening. Um... Uh, if you've if you've seen that episode, you'll note that there are kind of two dead periods of the offseason. And the first one is sort of what we just experienced. It was most of February from the Super Bowl until now-ish because not much happens. There's not really any big events. But now, as March begins, the Combine begins. So we have that to talk about. Then we're going to have free agency. That's going to last a month. We're going to have the draft at the end of April. That's all going to last you know, a month-ish, and then we have a really dead period from, you know, mid-June to mid through late July. But for now, we are sort of out of the first off-season deadness period, and as a result, we have a couple of things to talk about. As you could probably tell from the title of this video, we're going to talk about the three most fun Packers to watch. But first, a little bit of news. We, well, first of all, the Combine has kicked off at this point and that means first of all after Sunday you're gonna see me coming in uh, every Sunday after this uh, next one with some big time prospect analysis we're gonna be getting the draft talk started that's all sort of exciting maybe not exciting I'm gonna try and approach it from a from a basic level so that I'm speaking as though you don't know a huge a huge amount um, about about it but but we'll sort of see how how things go and in addition we because of the combine kicking off we had well actually first let's uh, let's have a little bit of fun here Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers as we all know uh got out of his darkness retreat and what you know happens in a darkness retreat well if you want to know you can probably go listen to the Aubrey Marcus Aaron Rodgers podcast those are two as far as I understand, very good friends. Aubrey Marcus is a sort of, like, big proponent of of healthy plant-based life. Um, and But those two are very close friends. They're into all this plant medicine and whatnot. And they had a podcast, an hour and 46 minutes. Nothing notable from a football standpoint, so don't listen to it for that reason. But if you want to hear about Aaron Rodgers' dumps, and you're hearing that correctly then please go listen to that podcast because according to Aaron Rodgers, a lot of his dumps were two wipers. So just incredible insight there from Aaron. Great to hear that he is doing something stimulating with his mind, something meaningful, and it is just awesome to get that sort of insight into your quarterback's life but 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 
now we we can talk about the more serious news. Brian Gutekunst spoke, um, and of course the two main topics from his press conference are going to be Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. From a Jordan Love standpoint, he sort of reiterated what he's he's been saying for you know months now. He he said, well, I, I guess he's only spoken you know two times in the last nine months nine months nine months or so, but he said that. You know, Jordan Love is absolutely ready to be a, to be an NFL starter. He reiterated that the next step for Jordan is for him to play in actual live games. He did say that he believes that that will be here, so, meaning meaning Green Bay, of course. So that is that's that's good news because, um, as you all know, I, I want I want Jordan to to be a, a starting quarterback for the Packers. I want to see what he has. And then Aaron Rodgers, um, yeah, of of course there were a lot of Aaron Rodgers questions. And Goody did an excellent job of giving us, well, 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 of giving us absolutely nothing. He uh, he said the word conversations a lot, so there was that. And, and yeah, I mean, basically, whatever the question was, do you want Aaron back? Have you talked with Aaron? He sort of responded to all those by saying, yeah, yeah, those conversations need to happen to basically every every Aaron Rodgers question. So nothing there, of course. However, there was some uh, news on three players that we haven't heard a lot about. First of all, Rashawn Bain Gary. Great news on uh, on Gary from, from Goody. He said that, you know, Rashawn's been doing really well in rehab, that he is ahead of schedule. Ahead of schedule, Goody said he's optimistic, and that he, the goal among sort of Rashawn's camp is to have him ready by, by opening day. And, uh, I mean, that is a super ambitious goal. That will be maybe eight or nine or ten months ahead of um it'll be nine or ten months after he tours acl if he plays in week one i don't really expect him to play in week one but we'll see what happens i didn't expect tunyon to play in week one either last year and he and he did so either way good news on the rashawn gary front with rehab going well for him eric stokes this is a guy that you haven't really heard anything about but luckily Goody said that Stokes was also ahead of ahead of schedule and said that Stokes shouldn't miss any camp, which is just phenomenal news. I mean, so, so, so awesome to hear because you know that Stokes sort of suffered two injuries. They basically said, yeah, his season's over right away after that Lions game, but it's great to hear that they don't think he's going to miss any of camp. That's obviously fantastic. And then uh, Bakhtiari. Goody essentially confirmed that David will be back. And, you know, that means that David's contract is going to be restructured, but from a football standpoint, it's obviously great. You're getting one of your best players back on back on the team. And then sort of the last bit of news is that Kenny Clark's contract was also restructured. I mean, that's that's just something that was expected at this point. It, it means that obviously Kenny will be back. We all expected that. And the Packers now have more cap space. They have, they're well over the cap at this point or under the cap. They're, they're doing very well. They have plenty of cap space. So you know, in that aspect, as the as the kids say, you know, they're chilling. Um, but, but, with that news out of the way, we have some uh, perhaps more enjoyable things to move on. First, the first topic is the most fun Packers player to watch. I've put it together a little top three list for you here. So let's jump right into it. First of all, Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark. And, and yes, I did put a, put a slash in there. I said Rashawn Gary slash Kenny Clark and... And when Rashawn is healthy, 
it's it's Rashawn Gary. It's not particularly close. Um, what when Gary's injured, it is Kenny Clark. But but when Rashawn is healthy, it's Rashawn Gary. And and I mean Gary is how do I put it? Well, you know how I call Watson Watson a freak. Yeah, Rashawn Gary's a freak. He's a physical specimen. That that's probably the the best way of putting it. He is a physical specimen, an example of what happens when you just draft a player with unteachable raw athletic traits in the first round and it took Rashawn Gary some time but he developed into the best pass rusher on the Packers roster a top 10 pass rusher in the NFL and his ability to simply purely overtake an offense is incredible he he obviously has his sort of dominant power rush um, that that move's incredible. It's it's uncanny, I would say, the way that he can just sort of overpower a tackle. You know, put an arm to their chest, move him back, and get after the quarterback in that way. But not only does he have that sort of power ability, he has this rare bend and athleticism that he can use to bend around tackles, get under them, and get to the quarterback. Jump over a blocker, even we've seen Gary do that many times. So. All of those things are just so fun to watch. It's so fun to, you know, your eyes are always drawn to the quarterback when you're watching a football game. It it takes effort. You have to sort of remind yourself, this is a player I want to keep an eye on. I want to look at Quay Walker on this play. You have to remind yourself not to draw your eyes to the quarterback. But, you know, if the, if the Packers are playing the Rams and Matthew Stafford's at quarterback, your eyes are always kind of kind of drawn to the quarterback. Your eyes are drawn to the to the football. And you can see, because you're looking at the at the quarterback, Rashawn Gary just overpowering an offensive tackle. And it's so beautiful to watch. It's something natural to watch because, you know, Rashawn Gary, being an edge rusher, will always be near the quarterback. And it's it's so, I'm going to use the word again, fun to, to watch. You, even, even when Rashawn Gary's blocked, so we talked about his power, you know, we talked about his bend, we talked about his athleticism in that aspect, but even when he's blocked or he's getting choked, as he was in 2021 against the Rams, he he has a knack for just kind of sticking his hand in and forcing a fumble. We saw him do it against Big Ben last year in Week 4. We saw him do it against Stafford in Week 12 in 2021, uh, as I mentioned, when he was getting held. So everything about about Rashawn Gary is fun to watch. He has, a, he has an absolutely relentless motor. He chases down plays in the run, never, never, ever gives up. He often sacks quarterback, you know, after five or six seconds. I remember... One play against Sam Fran, I believe, where he had a he had an initial shot at Jimmy G, kind of missed him, and then you know didn't give up. Jimmy G tried stepping up, Rashawn chased him down. But since uh, since Rashawn's injured, I did put Kenny Clark in his place. So we're going to talk a little bit about Kenny Clark too. Kenny Clark is an interior defensive lineman. That's his official position, but he plays like something else against against the run. Yeah, I mean he's really good. That's sort of what you expect in the top tier defensive lineman he you know he can eat gaps with that massive frame of his he he just kind of stuffs running backs and says no 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 not today but against the pass is where Kenny and most elite as most elite interior defensive line guys that's where they separate themselves because Kenny has I'm gonna say the wiggle and the agility of I don't want to say you know a top tier edge rusher but a good edge rusher and that's what's so 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 incredible to watch a 
a man like Kenny, a man who's probably 300 plus pounds, wiggle his way past linemen so effortlessly. I can't tell you how many times I've just kind of seen him, you know, shift his body a little swim move around an interior offensive lineman and boom, he's at the quarterback. Or he just kind of, you know, dips his shoulder and shrugs off an offensive lineman. He is a, a dominant physical specimen. It is so, so incredible to watch. And I mean, in, in Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark, the Packers absolutely have to have two of the most enjoyable defensive players in the NFL because Rashawn, his pure power, his bend, his ability to just, you know, flip a hand in there and get a get a fumble, he's great. And then Kenny, you know, great against the run, but so fun to watch against the pass. Just kind of little swim move, get around this interior offensive line guy, get after the quarterback. They're both freaks. They're fun to watch. Now, my second player on the list, numero dos, Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones is what some would call a special running back. I would call him the most special running back because, well, first of all, the biggest thing that he has is what I would officially define, and I think scientists have agreed with me, as a, as wiggliness. Um, yeah, he has a lot of wiggliness. Jones has an, some sort of unteachable ability to miss the first, second, third, fourth, sometimes even fifth tackler because, well, actually, I don't know why. I don't know why he has this ability. He just has some sort of elusive quality that makes it so that when you hand the ball off to him, you can you can have the blocking. You could pause the film and you could say, okay, this run should get zero yards. And then boom, Aaron Jones makes two guys miss, five-yard run. Or you can pause a film, say, you know, look at the way this blocking is set up. This run, I'd expect it to get, you know, three yards or so. Boom, 10 yards, 11, 12. Sometimes he even, you know, hits that extra gear and gets 20. And just alone, his wiggliness, again, scientific term, don't don't question it, please. His wiggliness makes him fun because everyone, every single person who watches football, every single person who watches sports, I would assume, loves to watch someone evade another player. But when you add in the explosiveness of Jones you have, you know, a top 10 fun player to watch in football. Yeah, we've talked about it, right? Jones, he can slip one tackle, two tackles, three tackles, even four tackles. But then he can still take the run to the house. And we've seen him do this so many times. He sort of captures your attention. He draws the, as, a, as an English teacher would say, he draws the reader in. Or as a football watcher would say, he draws me in by, you know, evading a tackle here, evading a tackle there. But then... He just kind of keeps going, and he keeps you engaged by breaking away from defenders. He has that sort of classic move where he he bursts through a hole, sidesteps one guy, sidesteps another guy, boom, stiff arm to the face of one defender, and he is absolutely gone. He sort of propels himself with that 50 yards downfield. Good luck catching him. He, I mean, I simply don't think that I can do justice to how elusive he truly is. He is an incredible runner. He's an incredible receiver, I might add. He's made some really nice catches in the passing game. And I am just so, so happy that the Packers kept him around. Aaron Jones even took a pay cut to stay with the Packers. He is a great player, a wiggly player, an explosive player. He's an even better person. Aaron Jones is that guy. But still, still, 
he's not number one on my list. And number one on my list, number one in your hearts is Christian Watson because I was lying in my bed the other night and I sort of had this epiphany. I haven't thought about this since Devontae left, but I was lying in bed and I thought, wow, Christian Watson is my favorite football player because, you know, he was drafted in the second round and he started off poorly. He he had a knee issue throughout the offseason and, and then obviously had that week one drop in Minnesota and unfortunately, things didn't get too much better from there, right? He had he did have a touchdown on a jet sweep against the Patriots, but he was injured for a lot of games. He was injured against the Bucks in Week 3, and then Week 6, 7, and 8, he was injured. He came back in Week 9, he had a couple of nice catches, but but nothing great. And, and then, you know, Week 10, I was disappointed because Dobbs was injured, but I was excited because I was going to Lambeau Field. I was going to watch the Packers in person at Lambeau Field, and I witnessed what some might call the Christian Watson breakout game, four catches, three touchdowns, over 100 yards. And that's that's sort of the moment where I was like, this is a guy. Because for some reason, and going back, I, I question why I didn't, you know, think about more, is Christian Watson actually a guy after that game? But for some reason after that game, I just kind of knew he would continue to have great performances like that. And indeed, he did. He had two touchdowns against the Titans, uh, one against the Eagles, and another two against the Bears. He is just such a phenomenal receiver with incredible, incredible, just natural fluidity in his routes. He has that big frame that he can use to go up and get the ball. And then, of course, he has that breakaway speed. And this, first of all, the speed and fluidity, that is probably the biggest thing that makes him so, so much fun to watch. Um, you, you just think about those plays where he gets a handoff or he gets a you know a quick pass in the in the flat and he outruns a guy to the edge sticks his arm out you know pushes the other guy away and boom he's 10 yards 15 yards upfield it's that sort of quickness and instant fluidity where it actually doesn't look like he's moving that fast but somehow he's moving way faster than everyone else and it is exactly those plays that make you excited to watch him because i don't i mean there is some natural tendency that he has to attract your eyes. But then, not only does he have that sort of quickness and fluidity, but you can think about those plays where he takes a handoff and he goes 50 yards to the house because he has that breakaway speed. First, he has the quickness and then he has the breakaway speed. He has, I mentioned it, 50-yard handoff against the Bears. Or, you think, you know, game over, the Eagles are winning this football game, boom, Jordan Love, play action, slam, Watson, catch, 70-yard touchdown, and you think, oh, okay, now it's a game. It's that, first of all, fluidity and quickness that makes him so appealing, but then that speed is what makes him so dangerous, what makes you have to look at him. You can't help but look at him because you're thinking, you know, this is a, this is a fun player. Look at the way he gets, gets around the edge. And then, boom, slant, 70 yards, touchdown. You can't take your eyes off of him. That's, it's so, it's so incredibly fun to watch. The, the best word is dynamic. But I didn't even mention another part of his game. The frame. This six foot four, you know, 225 pound athlete can go up and he can make a big time catch over a Titans corner in the back of the end zone. Or he can, while getting absolutely mauled by a Lions corner, 
and luckily there was a flag thrown for like the first time ever on Christian Watson, he can go up and make a one-handed catch. Hell, he can even take against the Eagles, right? He can take on fourth and five or so. He can take a hell of a hit over the middle, hold on to the ball and bounce right back up. You throw in his dynamic legs with his big time frame. My goodness, Christian Watson is, he is the guy that you want on your football team. He is the guy that makes plays. He is the definition of the playmaker. And he is what makes me so, so excited about the future of the Green Bay Packers. But we have one more thing to discuss before we wrap up. It is what you guys have all been waiting for. Position number two. The position that the Packers definitely need to add to. There is no question about the fact that they need to add to it. They need to add to it if they want to field a team next year. And you better believe they need to add to it if they want to be competitive. And that position is. And unfortunately, it is technically two positions. But the position is pass catchers. And yeah, I, I, by pass catchers, I mean tight ends and wide receivers. I'm sorry. I'm going to count it as one position. And I'll let you know why in a second. But first... Where do we sort of sit as the as a pass catcher, you know, position for the Packers? At the tight end, they have literally only one tight end under contract. That is Josiah DeGuara. At wide receiver, they have three wide receivers. They have Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Samari Toure. You might notice all three of those guys were drafted last year. They do technically have Jeff Cotton and Bo Melton on the practice squad, but because they're on the squad, they don't they don't really count. They're on the practice squad, not fifty-three man roster players. So, the Packers have four, four total guys between tight end and wide receiver. They have Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard, and Randall Cobb all leaving as, as free agents. So, you might be able to see the problem. In fact, you better be able to see the problem. You have four total players at two positions. And those two positions aren't, you know, quarterback and kicker where no rotation goes on. <laughs> those two positions are uh, positions where four guys need to be on the field at one time. And um, and then you rotate guys in and out. So the Packers need to add. And first of all, they need to add one stud. I don't care. You know, here's sort of why I group the two positions. Because I don't care whether they add a stud tight end or they add a stud wide receiver. The playmaker can come at either the wide receiver or tight end position. But they need to add a playmaker. And I talked about it in, you know, the best offenses episode. The best offenses have three or four playmakers. The Packers have Watson and Jones, but they need that third guy, maybe that fourth guy. And that's why I think they need to really add at least one big-time playmaker to the tight end slash wide receiver group. Because you have Watson, you have Jones, you add a guy, and then maybe Dobbs develops into that third or fourth guy. Now, let's say let's say you add that playmaker. You still need about four other role players. So Again, let's say they add, you know, some nice wide receiver in the second round. That worked out well last year. Then we have four wide receivers. We have Watson, Jones, or not Watson, Jones, Watson, Dobbs, and Toure, and that, you know, playmaker, extra playmaker that you added. Well, you're still going to need another another two wide receivers to, you know, fill the group up to six. You're probably going to need another two or three tight ends to simply fill snaps, get that group up to three players, so yeah, you could say that uh, those positions are pretty big needs, and as a group, the Packers need about five total pass catchers, one of whom is a playmaker stud, and another one or two that are nice possession pieces, you know, guys like Lazard that can go in and, and catch the slants, catch the out routes, and then the last two can just be total role players. So that's what the Packers need to do. They have one tight end, 
they need two or three more tight ends. They have three wide receivers. They need three or four more wide receivers. And how do you do that? Well, I think, first of all, the draft's going to have to be a priority. Brian Gutekunst mentioned how, how deep this year's NFL draft is. I think they're going to need to add a couple tight ends, maybe, at least one, maybe two, through the draft. I think they're also going to need to add one or two wide receivers. So let's say you add, you know, a total of three combined wide receivers and tight ends. You add, you know, two wide receivers, a tight end, or two tight, end, two tight ends, and a wide receiver. Then I still expect them to sign some free agents. I think that will probably mean something like bringing back Robert Tunyon on a cheap deal, maybe Randall Cobb on a cheap deal, and then you throw in some other veterans. You throw in a Robert Woods at wide receiver or some other tight end, and that should be able to fill those positions with youth. Some youth, you know, we mentioned the youth in the draft. You drafted a couple wide receivers, a couple tight ends. You have some um, elite developing talent in Watson, Dobbs, and, and arguably Toure, and then you have some veterans. And, and the hope is that that will all be good enough. If you have, you know, you have Josiah DeGuara, you bring back Robert Tunyon, you add another free agent tight end that can block. You're feeling pretty good about that position. You don't necessarily have a playmaker there, but you feel good. Then you bring back a player of Alan Lazard caliber at wide receiver. You have Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samari Toure. You draft another two wide receivers. Boom. You're at six in the wide receiver group. You have a very young wide receiver group, and you're hoping, you know, one of the guys you draft in Romeo Dobbs develop into playmakers. Then you have Watson, Jones, Dobbs, and whoever you draft as a playmaker. And that, ideally, should be good enough to give the Packers what they need to have a damn good offense, especially if they take Aaron Jones and they say, hmm, he's a playmaker. Let's run the ball through him. Then I think you'll see enough to have a damn good group. I don't think you're going to get, you know, a total splurge on, on tight end or wide receiver this offseason, nor do I think that we need that. But I think that you need the, the Packers to add three or four veterans, three or four veteran, you know, wide receiver and tight ends combined. And I think you need to see them, you know, draft one, two, probably three total wide receiver and tight ends. And that's what we need out of the Packers. That's what we need to really crank up that pass catching group to get it to a point where you have Watson, you have Jones, you have Dobbs, and you throw in another playmaker and you think these are guys the defense has to take notice of. And that's what I have for you. That is what I have for you. Again, I will be back on Sunday. On Sunday, we will be discussing... We're going to be discussing, first of all, the final position group, and then I'm going to have another fun topic planned, so get ready for that. Be on the lookout for that. But that is pretty much what I have for you. As always, thank you very, very much for listening to Dedicated Packers, and until next time. Go Pack, go! Go!